Welcome to the House of Hoosier podcast. I'm your host as usual, AJ Guyton. I'm here with a, a very special guest of mine, man. And and I like to tell you guys, I think this guy came to Indiana, uh, I think my sophomore year, the beginning of my sophomore year, summer, and um, and changed my life and my approach to the game of basketball. Uh, because at that point, there was really no one on the staff to connect to for me as a young African-American man coming from Peoria, Illinois. It takes a you know a special connection to be able to get the most out of you, and from that point on, you know his arrival turned me into a, a first team All American and All Big Ten selection, and just made my game extremely consistent because I've always had somebody to come to 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 talk to about things I'm doing right or wrong and to put that dog in you. I'm talking about Coach Mike Davis, former IU coach, current Detroit Mercy coach. What's up, man? How you been? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you having me on. We've got a slew of your, your former players on and your name just keep coming up. Just keep coming <laughs> up. So I was trying to wait until y'all got done. I'm like, I'm, anybody who's in season, I ain't trying to you know worry about that. We'll get them later. But after interviewing Jeff Newton and Tom Coverdale and Jared Jeffries, AJ Moye, DJ White, I'm like, this dude then recruited some, some <laughs> goons at IU. So we, we got to get you on, man. How's life in, in, in the D right now, man? Life is great. Life is great. Just, you know, with everything going on and trying to keep safe, trying to make sure the team is safe, the family is safe. And uh, so far, we haven't had any positive tests on our team this year. We've had a GA and a coach that tested positive, but I was really worried about our coach when, when he texted positive because he's kind of older guy. So absolutely. But he got through it. He got through it. And my, my oldest son had it uh back in in April, May, when it first when it first came out. And we didn't know what it was, to be honest with you, how serious it was. And mm-hmm. he was like, Dad, man, this is the most unbelievable thing you ever go through. So from that standpoint, I've been really aware of it, trying to make sure everything is safe. Yeah, we, we were talking right we were off air a little bit and you, you've been in the games pretty much since 1995 in the college game. And you said this is the most difficult season you've had. And I don't think people understand as they get, they start critiquing teams and they start firing coaches. They start doing all this stuff. They don't understand the head coach's responsibility or even administrative responsibility of making sure that these kids are hearing the protocols, not going to barbershops. We, we joked about getting tattoos every other week. And what this opens up and the effect of it is everybody suffers if they get a positive, man. Talk a little bit about how, you know, it's been, how difficult it's been this year. Well, you know, sports brings everybody together. Mm-hmm. And when you're a sports fan, uh, you always pull for your team and you expect the same results. But behind the scenes, it's been a, 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 a unbelievable because you got to watch your hands all the time. You got to watch what you touch. You get to wear your mask. Uh, you got to do a lot of different things that, you know, you wouldn't normally do. And right. so, uh, you know, guys going to get haircuts. You got to make sure guys not going out to the restaurant and eat and going to the mall. You know, everything that they would normally do, you try to protect them from it. And then it, it becomes a mental thing. Mm-hmm. It becomes a mental thing. And we're trying to play under a stressful, the most stressful time in the history of people who live in their lives. And so uh, you always cautious. Uh, everything's been taken away from you that, that you normally do. But at the same time, you know, as a fan, you want your team to to win. And, yep. and, and, and we were one of the first teams who took a, a mental break. You yep. know, our, our guys took a mental break because we, we played a team one time 
that had been in a game with an official that had the virus. Oh, and so wow. we had to play the game against that team, and our guys didn't want to play, and I didn't want to play. So right. we ended up playing a basketball game, and you could see the wear and tear mm -hmm. you know, on their mind and being afraid, and you always wait for that call when you get tested. If you get tested uh, three times a week, after every test the next morning, you're waiting for everybody's good, you know, right. everybody's negative. And, and so if you get it every day, it's the same thing. So I don't think the fans, uh, people understand when it comes to sports, what uh, our athletes and coaches are going through. Mm -hmm. Because yes, you want to win. Don't get Absolutely. me wrong, you want to win. Absolutely. But at the same time, you travel on the bus, you travel on the plane, you get out the hotel. It's not the normal hotel thing anymore. Yeah. You can't get on the elevator with no more than one person. I don't want, I don't never go to elevate with anybody I don't know. So if right, I'm yeah. getting on, I get off. Uh, you can't eat in the restaurants anymore. You take your yeah. food to your room. And Man. then when you do have a room, the people who serving you all in the back of your mind, you know, are they being tested? So, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, you, you just feel so uncomfortable mm -hmm. all the time. And the one thing that they, they do relieve people and bring people together is, is the sports world, basketball, football, whatever it may be. But now we still have the same feelings about winning or losing. I don't think any coach should be fired this year during this pandemic. I agree. Because it's just been so, so stressful for everybody. I agree, man. That's a great take on it, man. He couldn't say it any better. Uh, let's let's imagine that we're, we're working on the uh, Mike Davis autobiography and and and, and the, uh, the the limited Netflix series of your life. <laughs> where, where where does the Mike Davis story begin? Well, everybody think it probably began at Indiana. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's when everybody started recognizing my name and things. But uh, it started back in a small town um, in Fayette, Alabama. And, and I, I can always cherish the memories of Fayette. And, you know, when you come from a small town or any town, you can never imagine yourself ever being anywhere else but that town. Right. And when I grew up, I had friends that would go off to the military. Uh, I had friends that move away. Uh, I'm like, why would you want to leave Fayette? You know, my, my whole thing is, why would you want to leave this town? And mm -hmm. as you grow, you go to school, you meet new people, yep. you start seeing different things in life, and it's hard to go back. Right, yep. You know, because, <laughs> right. You know so, so everything starts there, and your hometown, normally, uh, people around you know, mold, mold you into the person that you become because you always reflect on uh, the days you walk in, Mm -hmm. uh, from school, the days you walk to the basketball court, the interaction you have with your friends. It just brings back so many memories that you have. And you, you never want to lose those memories because it helps you to mm -hmm. make in, in your decision making in life. Very true, man. What, you know, we, when we reflect on our lives, man, we look back and who we have become has was shaped in our home by either our mother or our father or our sisters and our brothers and things that were happening within our small uh, uh, lives in our hometowns. What, what, what were your family members or your parents' impact on who Mike Davis ultimately became? Who had the most influence on you? My mom. My mom <laughs> was the most powerful person in my life and I did everything for her. You know, right. it came out with this thing now, what's your why? And she was always my why. Uh, my grandfather was a Baptist preacher, so he was always in church on Wednesday night. He was always in church on Sunday. And it, was, it wasn't until I was out in college that I was able to do things on Sundays. Right, yeah. You know, coming up, you couldn't play ball on Sunday. You couldn't do this on Sunday. You had to be in the house. You couldn't watch TV in my granddad's house on Sunday. So you couldn't do anything. So in the back of my mind, Sunday's always been that day. But as you grow older, you know, times change, things change. So, you know, but, but she really influenced me 
Uh, she always made me work. It was always mm -hmm. about the work. It was always being forgiven uh, when people do you wrong. So she just kind of taught the Bible through me through my life. I know sometimes I may not act like it, but you know, I got, <laughs> I got a good upbringing and, um, and I have a good heart. And so, right. you know, she's always wanted me to be happy for other people's success. Right. You know, she would never, um, when somebody did well in, in the community, she, she was always excited about it. And so that kept me excited about it. And, and it helps you to be a really good coach, I think, because you want kids to, I can't say kids, but you want your players to be successful mm -hmm. on and off the court. And you truly, truly celebrate their success uh, mm -hmm. when they're going through it. And you hurt when they hurt. You right. know, yeah. um, if you guys didn't, didn't have a good game, if you guys was going through something, you know, mm -hmm. I may, you may not have saw it on my face, uh, but it always bothered me when I went home. It always bothered me because I wanted to try to figure out a way to how I could make them successful and not feel that pain, even though the pain is is, is a normal thing, but you don't want them to go through it. And, you, and, and, and as they're going through it, you want to help them to see the bigger picture. So once they get in life, they can, they can recover quicker from certain certain things that they're going through. Right, right. What what was um you living out? You were in the football country, obviously. Yeah. What made you gravitate towards the sport of basketball as your place of solace? Well, I, I love football, and I was pretty good younger in football because I was bigger than everybody else. But uh, I can remember uh, my first year on the freshman team. Uh, I think my eighth grade team, and they want us to yell and holler and be all that. Uh, uh, and I was real shy. I'm, right. like, I'm not doing this. So I quit playing football just because I wasn't going to yell and holler and scream all the time. You know? <laughs> I, I was like a silent killer. I just felt like my effort and my and, and what, what was good enough. They want you to scream and yell, and I wasn't for that. So I moved away from football, and they tried to get me to play my senior year in high school football. But I was being highly recruited, and I was like, "No, nah, I don't want to get hurt, you know, playing football mm -hmm. or my basketball." That's that's how narrow-minded I was back then. But if you're gonna get hurt, you're gonna get hurt. Right. So you end up you choose a sport of basketball. I usually ask people how they got better, but back in the days we played outside all day, <laughs> every day. So I don't even ask that question no more. But when you got to high school, man, what what was the competition like down there in Alabama? And when did you begin to separate yourself from the pack? Well, I, I think I separated myself from the pack when uh, we had a junior college in my hometown and my mom, uh, she had to keep some of the players so we can uh, kind of afford some things. And so we always had two guys that was on the junior college basketball team rent rooms out from mm -hmm. us. And so uh, just being around those guys, man, and, you know, and, and, and watching them work and playing against them, see how hard they work because I didn't have a clue about all of this. You know, I just yeah. thought that, you know, you was on the team, you was better than this guy on the team and you was better than somebody else, but that wasn't the case. And so saw those guys trying to compete for scholarships and, and used to go to all these games and play pickup ball with them. And, you know, all of a sudden everybody said, oh, you're pretty good, you're pretty good. And you know, you, you don't know how good you are until you go against, you know, a certain competition. And so yeah. I ended up going to, um, it, it, it was called the BC camp. Mm -hmm. you know? And then became the Nike camp and all that kind of stuff. Oh, but okay. the BC camp was like the first all-star camp that they had. And um, got a chance to go to that. And I was on the team with Dominique Wilkins. And, mm. and I mean, like everybody that was there, that was 1979, Rap Samson, all those guys was there. Mm. And I was like so nervous because 
I'm from a town of uh, of five thousand people, right. and to see all these guys, I didn't know people grew that high, tall and big <laughs> and strong and fast. Right, went against the you know the, the local people, and so it was eye awakening for me to see that, and I ended up doing well. Uh, I think I made one one of the All Star uh, teams or games, but mm. it it made me realize how hard I needed to work and how right. good other players were out in the world because you always hear about people mm -hmm. but until you see them it's a different <laughs> thing that's a different animal so yes, absolutely you know, i never forgot that i make sure i stay focused and play let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at bet river sportsbook if you haven't signed up with bet rivers yet now's the time bet river sportsbook is offering a 250 dollars match bonus for your first deposit but what sets them apart is that they require just one play through to turn your bonus into cash money when you win at Bet River Sportsbook, they pay fast. And now it's even faster with rush pay instant approval for withdrawals. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. With March Madness around the corner, there's never been a better time to give Bet River Sportsbooks a try. Go to betrivers.com today or download the Bet Rivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older, gambling a problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. You develop a, a reputation as a, as a defense, defensive player, defensive stopper. You was rugged. Your time, Alabama, steals, lead a hustle award winner, all those different things. A, a glue guy, really, at, at the end of the day. And it's ironic that you're able to recruit guys like that later on down the line. You was able to identify those traits because those are winning traits, man. What what contributed to you becoming, you know, the ultimate competitor and the and the glue guy defensively that you became? Because we all need one of those on our team. Just not wanted, just wanted to make my hometown proud mm -hmm. and wanted to be on the floor playing. Uh, I didn't play defense in high school, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. you know, I was just like a score. Um, but in pickup games, you know, you know how it is in pickup games. You go out and compete against guys, and, and you are playing defense without really knowing it because mm -hmm. you don't want to be lose. You may not get back on, and yep. there's a lot of talking going on in the pickup games. But in the real games, I really didn't play uh, defense. So once I got to Alabama, it was like, man, I got to be on this floor. These guys are good. How right. can I get to the floor? <laughs> and it was a guy named Ron Lee that played at Oregon University. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I watched him dive on the floor of a loose ball, come from behind and hit guys behind him. And I was like, wow, I like that. You know, it kind of it kind of drew to me, kind of like a guy would see a shooter shoot. Like, hey, I want to shoot like that. So I wanted to play like that. And, yeah. you know, I, I just started doing it from day one in, in college. And uh, once you get a reputation, you know, yeah. you have to do it. It's kind of like if you ever win a sprint, you got to win them all the time now. <laughs> exactly. So, right. Uh, that's who they called me, and, that, and that's what they started saying about me. And so I like that, and you know, I just try to try to play as hard as I can. And you know, I realize now that you know I play really, really hard, but I didn't understand how hard you need to do and the things you need to do to be to develop your skill set. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Back then, they got all kind of information now, and yeah. so uh, I put that together now with with my teams and my players, and try to make sure I work them like like crazy to get better in their skills, to own their skills, you know? Right. Yeah. And, 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 and people don't realize this, like players, you draw your confidence through your work and through your skills. So yeah. if, 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 if I'm really skilled, I may get down a little bit, but my confidence will come back quicker because I own my skills. I, I work on exactly. my skills. I'm preparing myself. Right. And so a lot of guys can't come out of it because they don't work on it. Mm -hmm. That's true.
And you you mentioned you had a reputation. Once you get a reputation, people start coming at your head <laughs> at the end of the day. Like your, your coach putting you on six, eight dudes, six, seven dudes that can handle. He putting you on little bitty point guards. Who in the SEC at that time started giving you a little trouble on the floor? Or did you just lock up everybody? I seen you in action. I remember the one-on-one sessions. You I didn't have it on you. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't lock up everybody. Uh, there was a guy <laughs> named Bernard Delaney that played mm-hmm. in Florida. And you know I was all, all overplayed it, and, and they had a really good system, man. Like their system was crazy, backdoor cuts, and I didn't understand the backdoor cuts at that time. And so they end up, uh, I think he had like thirty points against me that day, and we lost to Florida, mm. and it was like an embarrassing loss. So I always remember that game, and the next time we played him, I think I did pretty good against him. But I guarded Dominic Wilkins, Jeff Malone, uh, Dale Ellis. You know, I guarded all those guys that it was scores, and I took pride in. Like, I took a right. lot of pride in in uh, guarding on those guys. And so, um, you know, but you don't realize, like now, you, you can watch film on a guy. Yeah, you know? yeah. And what, what I did then was just put my will against their will. But now, looking back, you realize sometimes what you're doing against a guy is helping him because that's his strength. Right. You want to go against a physical guy, you mm-hmm. know, and sometimes. You know, you 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 don't play a guy really hard. He just lay down and not play hard. And so, you know, I understood that later on in life. But back then, I put everybody saying I was going to get into you and play you hard, hold you, grab you, foul you, whatever it needed to be done to try to win the game. How that match up against uh, Dominique Wilkins work out for you? I uh, like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody else. You know, okay. Dominique. Dominique and I played. Um, funny story. Uh, Dominic got played on the same team in, in, at, at BC camp. Mm-hmm. So I knew how good he was, you know? Right. Wow. And we, we were sitting around in the gym. It was like a hundred guys in the gym. And I think about 25 of them was playing uh, uh, 21 knockout, whatever it was. And all of a sudden this guy jumps out of the gym and dunk when everybody's the woo, you know? <laughs> so he happened to be on my team. Mm-hmm. I was like, so happy for him to be on my team. And, um, uh, we got ready to play Georgia when I was in Alabama because in the same conference, he went to Georgia and we watching film of Georgia. And I'm like, wow, this, you know, Dominic's still playing with well, it. Oh, he a freshman, man. Ain't no freshman doing against us. <laughs> I'm like, man, he ain't no freshman. Like, <laughs> so I, I, I'm like, well, maybe they know something I don't know. Right. You know, yeah. I, 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 I seen this guy. Uh-huh. Man, Dominic dunked so many balls on us that game, man. <laughs> All you can see was his waist going up in people's face just dunking the basketball. <laughs> so uh, from that point on, he said, oh, you, Mike, you was right about Dominic. I said, man, if somebody can stop this dude, I want to see him. I want to see him. Hey, man, that's a heck of a story, man. And that was my favorite player coming up, man. That's funny that you mentioned him. Dominic, man. yeah. Yeah, Dominic was. was. I mean, he's growing up. Everybody loved Mike, but I don't know. I was attracted to Neat. I don't know what it was. Maybe he's a flat top the nice hair and all that but that dude was incredible to me i don't know Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> so why alabama and ultimately you you know you get to college you, i'm sure you got a bunch of offers you at the bc camp you know you everybody there getting all multiple offers why did you ultimately settle on on alabama uh 45 miles from my hometown mm-hmm. uh, i was going to go to auburn but you had to go through tuscaloosa to get to auburn and it didn't make any sense for me to always have to go through there to go to uh, another school, which was like an hour and 45 or two hours, two hours away. Mm-hmm. So I just went to Alabama and, you know, it was close to home. And uh, back then it was like, like everybody in your school, he was an Alabama fan, an Auburn fan. And so the teachers even went to Alabama, they went to Auburn. If they didn't go to Alabama, they was an Alabama fan, an Auburn fan. And so uh, didn't want to disappoint again. 
uh, just, just made sure that I stayed close to to what the people, you know, they wanted me to do. They wanted to come see me play. My mom, she wanted to come see me play too. So I, I always felt good, you know, when, when she came to a game because she watched all of my high school games. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I went to Alabama. Oh. Okay, cool, man. There, and people don't really know me. He had a, a stellar career, ended up being defensive player of the year, your senior year, man, and and uh, you know, racking up accolades on great teams. Uh, but you ended up being, and a lot of people don't know you was a second round NBA draft pick by, for, by the Bucks, man. What was it like to get drafted back then? And why why was it that you didn't really pursue the NBA? Probably like you could today. I mean, it's multiple avenues to get an NBA today. Back then, you get drafted. Then it's like, well, what was the process like back then? It was it was good. Um, it, I really didn't understand it to be yeah. honest. With you. you know, mm -hmm. being from a small town, and uh, again, uh, I wasn't prepared from a ball handling standpoint. I just got there from effort and hustle, and I worked on my shooting, but I didn't work on my ball handling because I was too embarrassed at that time. Uh, to try to work on it because I was at a certain point in my life as a basketball player. You just think, okay, I got this for doing this. I'm going to continue to get this for doing this. Yeah. And didn't really, really understand it. And that's why I, I work with my son all the time, man, just to only skills, 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 skills. Yeah. And because you never want to be in a situation that you feel uncomfortable uh, and wish you would have worked on something differently. You know, mm -hmm. got the because I had the size, I had the strength, I had the determination, uh, I had all of that, but uh, then had a, the, the, the skill set and still got drafted in the second round, which yeah. is a, a big time deal. But Absolutely. if I knew, I guess everybody say this, but if, if I know then what I know now, yeah. I've been giving that ball all day for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And, hours. and so, mm -hmm. you know, I think I, 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 I make Antoine do it. And it's because I don't want him not to be able you know, to do it because I couldn't do it. So I'm trying to teach him all the things that, that I wasn't able to do. Absolutely. That's what you're supposed to do. You want to check all the boxes that weren't checked when you was uh, when you was coming up, man. You had a, you went through the CBA, you went overseas, you did the tour of duty, man. But then you decided to give up coaching. But the crazy part is you kind of moved up in the coaching ranks really fast. It looks like <laughs> from the outside. Yeah. Like, what was this as a young black assistant back then? It was obviously hard to crack that crack that code of uh, being an assistant, especially at the division one level, you you get a job at uh, Alabama in 95. And then by 98, you an assistant at Indiana, man. What, how, why was that process so seamlessly, seamless for you? Well, what happened, I uh, coached in the CBA and you know, in the CBA, you're working with guys. It's, it's, it's the G League now, I think they call it the G League or the D League. Yeah, it's called G League, League now, yeah. yeah. And so I work with those guys and you know, like you take a personal interest in those guys because they like, they trying to make it to the next level. They're trying to go to the NBA or overseas. Nobody's trying to be, was trying to be in the CBA for long. The referees mm -hmm. weren't trying to be there. The coaches weren't trying to be there. And so you get a chance to work with those guys on a regular basis. So I saw the game totally different than most people did. And I got a chance to go back to Alabama um, as the assistant coach. And so when I got there, it was it was it was strange because I noticed how the coaches didn't really interact with, with the players. Yeah, you know. And then in the CBA, if you didn't interact, I, mean, I had to drive those guys to the grocery store. I had to, I had to take them uh, to the airport, pick them up to the airport, take their girlfriends to the mall. You know, I mean, I did everything, wash clothes and everything. And so my approach was totally different because I wanted to have, or you needed to have a relationship with with those guys to get those guys to play. And uh, 
And so when I got to college at Alabama, I, I just noticed it was different. And mm -hmm. it was it was kind of not frowned upon, but it was different for a coach just actually hanging out with a player. Right, you know? yeah. uh, they would come to my house and we'll play cards. Uh, I mean, we just do all kinds of stuff, man. Play one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. you know, just, 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 and it was different because most guys, most coaches don't want to, you know, compete or play against play. They feel like you got, you got to separate yourself from guys. And I just didn't feel that way. And so when I got to Indiana, you know, you, you guys was there and, yeah. you know, and, and everything. And I love to talk, love to hang yeah. out, you know, and do stuff like that. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, when everything went down with coach, you know, I was there and they gave me the job, which I didn't believe. But right. at the same time, I wasn't ready to be their head coach, especially right. at that level. Right. You know, but I was ready to be a coach from a standpoint of understanding players and what they needed to do and how they felt when they had a bad game, a good game. And most coaches don't – I always say this to, to my recruits and to their parents. If that coach don't hurt like you hurt when your son have a bad game, then he's not really connected. He's not connected. You right. know, and, yeah. and he, if, if he's not as happy for, uh, as you are – I may not be as happy as you, but I'm really happy. I may not be as sad as you, but I'm 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 hurt, you know. And they they don't feel that way. Then you playing for the wrong person. You playing for the wrong person. Right. And so, uh, you know, being the head coach in Indiana, I mean, I I I was you know Jerry Jefferson, Jeff Newton, and and Coverdale, and all those guys, Hornsby, you know, older mm -hmm. those guys, man. You know, I I I wanted those guys to be successful. But I was on the job learning. Sam, I mean, I it, it, it was it was it was like every day a new experience for me. Going out speaking to this group, doing this, yeah. you know, hear somebody say something bad about you, so you get all upset. Which I know that I got to tell you, four, I'm sixty now, so yeah, what you want to say about me now? You know, you'd have heard it I'm all. Good huh? it. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Yeah. But but <laughs> at, at, at the same time, you know, uh, it happened fast, and I went from Indiana to UAB, then mm. UAB to Texas Southern. So it was really in reverse. Most right. guys go from exactly. UAB to Indiana. Yeah. I went, I went backwards. Yeah. You know? But I was able to share my experiences at Texas Southern that I had at Indiana. You know, mm -hmm. because there's no sweat sweat jobs out here. There's there's jobs. You know, and you competing against a person that went to the Ivy League, the SEC, the ACC. Right. I mean, I even play sports, but you compete yeah. against those people in the real world for jobs. So my experience at Indiana, seeing big time basketball and understand, you know, what the expectations are all the time. And at, at, at Texas Southern, I, I, we want to win a tournament every year. We want to go to tournament every year. We want to win all the games and conference. And so I gave them that and they really appreciate it. And now I'm at Detroit trying to get them the same thing I gave those guys. Because I know what big time basketball is. Absolutely, and you went. You, and, and before we dive into, I was going to dive into your uh, college coaching career. On a uh, run thing, something why you call the Hoosier Ten. I'm going to ask you uh, ten questions about uh, your experience at Indiana that only you can answer. Uh, favorite, the first question is for my Hoosier Ten: Was your favorite place to eat when you lived in Bloomington? Wow. Uh, you know, I don't really remember a lot of names, but I guess Buffalo is, you know, I guess. <laughs> you know, everybody like Buffalo is, but I had a lot of, um, I can't think of the state place that we used to go to. Zagreb's. Uh, Zagreb's, yeah, that was good, you know. That was the recruiting uh, spot. That was the recruiting spot. <laughs> Those steaks were really good, you know. Um, uh, it was another spot downtown that we, that we used to go to, take recruits to. Mm -hmm. 
I just can't think of the name of yeah, them. Yeah, it's but, cool. Those are the two that, that pop up most. Buffalo is Zagreb. Sometimes I think Nick's. And yeah. uh, it's another spot. I forgot the spot. I don't think it was there when I was there. But, but you, when you was there, it was there. Um, what, let me ask you this question. What surprised you the most about Bloomington? How small it was. Yeah, definitely. You know, it was small because <laughs> you're in Indiana, Indiana, Indiana. And if you've never been to Indiana, you think Indiana is New York or LA. I mean, you think Bloomington, you yeah. know, because of the university. And so when I got there, I was like, wow. But I was really comfortable because it's like my hometown, so small. And yeah. so the size of the of the of the town really surprised me. First player you recruited to IU. Wow. Man. I remember. <laughs> it has to be uh Newton, right? It had to be Newton and Moya. Did Moya come out to Newton? Moya um, came out to Newton. Okay, probably Jeff Newton. Probably okay. Jeff Newton. Probably Jeff I don't Newton. know if we, I don't know if you recruited anybody and lost them. That's well, I lost a, a couple of guys. I lost oh, yeah. a couple of guys, but uh, okay. uh, more, uh, Newton was Newton was the the probably the first guy I signed because 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 Jerry Jefferson came out to Newton, right? He came yeah. before. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it, it was. Had to be Jeff Newton, and it was funny how I I I saw Newt because I knew kind of what coach like he like skill guys, yeah. You know? And I went to see Newt play, and and he was always getting the offensive rebounds. He could pass a little bit, had a good feel, had a really good feel for the game. Yeah, definitely, I like man, coach gonna love him, but his motor wasn't high, you know. Yeah, his motor <laughs> exactly. But 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 Newton used to always say like, hey, you know, man. He just want everything to look so smooth and cool. Yeah. So you kind of confuse that. You kind of confuse that with him not playing hard because of how he how he yeah. carried himself. Mm -hmm. But I loved him, man, as a player. When I used to go watch him play, I said, man, I got that. But he had long hair. Everything yeah. was told out what I thought Coach liked from a from that standpoint. And yeah. so I'm like, man, he got to cut his hair. Got to cut his hair. <laughs> so, how, how do I tell you? Got to cut his hair. He had hair braided. Exactly. And I'll never forget, man. One one day, Newton came in practice. He had his hair so wild. I like, man, what you doing? Oh, <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> and so I think he was just testing coach because he wanted coach to tell him. Yeah, definitely. You know, he, definitely. I, think, I think he wanted coach to tell him because there. So family got around to it, man. And Newt came with a haircut and he looked like a different guy. Different man. person, yeah. he did. But his mom and his grandma and his mm -hmm. uncle and man, just just unbelievable people, man. Unbelievable people, man. What which recruit that you recruited you feel made the the most surprising jump? Inability, like you know, who somebody you recruit, you thought it was going to be solid, and then all of a sudden they turn into a, a star, a monster at IU. Wow, because you recruited some monsters. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. DJ White, uh, Marco Killingsworth, uh, Bracey Wright. Well, you know, Marco, Marco, Marco was really good, mm -hmm. but I think when Marco got to in the end, the, the, the college basketball got a chance to see him. Yeah, he was, he, was, he was always good. Always you know? good at all. Bro. Always good, but he wasn't like he wasn't featured. Yeah, you know, yeah. He wasn't featured, but but um, man, Marco was, and Marco was a worker too. Mean, tough. You yeah. know, we we, we kind of stayed into it sometimes, but yeah. I left him alone because I know how he was. But he was really talented, man. Really good, and you know, I was disappointed when he didn't go to the NBA. I thought he could have played in the NBA, but if, if the NBA was right now, he'll be good. Yeah, he is a nice guy. Um, Bracey, you know, the first couple of years, Bracey was special the first couple yeah. of years, you know, uh, but then he hurt his back. And, 
DJ was you know, he got hurt, but he was good. Baton was was, was, good. was was good, you know. Man, you got a you got a yeah. roster, man. Like man, that was some good boys, man. <laughs> Shoot, good they boys. don't understand them legends. They worked uh, me though. They worked me. They worked yeah, me. for sure. Hey, I had they, to work they, to get them. They, to they put you to the test, definitely. All, oh, all that off the court. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely off the court. Definitely off the court. <laughs> what what's your most memorable coaching moment at IU? Man, going to the national championship game. Mm-hmm. Coming home uh, after we had beaten, uh, who, who did we beat to go? Kent State, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Kent State, I think it was. To go to the Final Four, after we beat them, we came back. Because the boy, they wanted to fly back. I was like, man, we're we, we good. We'll be the next day. No, no, because we not go back. I didn't understand why they wanted to go back. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm naive. You know, I didn't know all the girls waiting on them and everything. So then they said, "How oh, we going back?" And so we got back, man. And 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 the airport, you know, the airport we flew out in, it was jam packed. So then we 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 come to the to to the uh, um, assembly hall, man. You could people was everywhere, and that was my most memorable moment, just because you know to see. What they've been waiting on, right? And saw what made made Indiana what Indiana is, and yeah. that show you how much they appreciate it uh, when you win, right? Yeah, R- roughest fan base on you in the Big Ten. It's all of them. You know, <laughs> it was, I was an easy target. You know, you're easy. Yeah, I, was, I was. I was an easy target. I, I took over Coach Knights, so they were easy on me. You know, mm-hmm. but I, let me see. Probably, probably Purdue. You know, but we never lost it. I don't think. I don't think I ever lost in Purdue. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think I did. But uh, probably Purdue, just because you wanted to beat them really, 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 really bad. bad. Right. Yeah. Really bad. Definitely. If you lost to them, it was like the world was coming to an end. Yeah, definitely. And, you know. and they don't trust me. They're telling me they on a nine game losing streak against them right now. So what? Okay. I <laughs> say, so, you know, that ain't that ain't right. Acceptable. But who out of those recruits we talked about earlier, which one you think was the best? Wow, I can't answer that question. Ooh, wait, you ain't gonna hurt no feelings, man. You, yes. you they'll be okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, like we they all was so good. They all was so good mm-hmm. in their way. You yeah, know, they were. You, you just take uh, Newton was good in his way. He's quiet, but boy, he could really pass. Yeah, uh, glue Holmes, guy. Yeah. Holmes was good in his way, make open shots, work. Yeah. Just a class guy. Mm-hmm. You know, man, Bracey, you know, he was Strickland. Right, yeah, I mean, Strickland, man. I love all those guys. All them dudes, and man. So, man, I just, I mean, it was, it was like, again, I wish I, I, I wish, I would just wish that I knew now because from a skill and work and work. I mean, I worked them hard and I pushed yep. them hard. I expect them to be good. But man, I have so much information, man, now that I wish I could have given them to even enhance what they, how good they were then to really help them to make even more jumps than what they did, you know? But man, all those guys, man, I, I couldn't, man, I couldn't just name one guy. I mean, I'm just yeah. telling you, you, you probably don't even know, know this story, you know? When um when uh Antoine was born, man, mm-hmm. you was like one one of my favorite guys, the coach that I made his initials AJ, and we called Antoine AJ up until we moved to Houston. Really? You know? Yeah, yeah. Because he he was AJ. He was AJ. He was AJ. And um and I told my wife, but when we moved to Houston, there was so many AJs around. Right. Yeah. And people didn't know like it was AJ, DJ, TJ, all the kind of names. Yeah. And so they're like, "Well, 
what was his name? And so then they just start calling him Antoine, Antoine, Antoine. But man, I don't ever, I don't think I ever told you the story. No, he was AJ it. because of you. Wow, I appreciate that, you man. Know, he was AJ right. because of you because right. his name was Antoine Jacari. You know. Oh wow. And and, and and we called him AJ. AJ. Everybody in, in Alabama don't know him as Antoine. They know him as AJ. As AJ. And man, wow. you was one of the most favorite guys because I thought you were special. You I know, as a player. Um, I just wish that. I mean, this, I can say this, you can say it, you know, but the system, you made yourself a system player mm -hmm. to the system that was given to you, but boy, if you could have ran ball screens and right. did stuff, it had been, it, 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 it been crazy because you were, but you had to go down one, get a shot, a pay a shot, you know? and, and so, I mean, it was no disrespect. There's no disrespect. Oh, definitely. To, to, we definitely to reflect on that. Yeah. That you played in, the system that you played in, but if you put you with five or six dribble with your crossover between the right. two, it's, it's it's crazy. And so <laughs> I just thought I just thought, man, seeing you set up cuts and all that kind of stuff coming off screen and shooting it, man, it was, it was 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 a sight to see. But I imagine you imagine yeah. you being able to put that ball on the floor, man. man. You know, they, there's no five second count college basketball anymore. Oh, you that's know? crazy. You know, and so that's yeah. why. If 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 you could have, I mean, you know, you 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 had a great career, great career, yeah. great career. Mm -hmm. But the system that you was in, like mm -hmm. like like Antoine come off screen, he cut down screen. He can do a little man, bit. He do both. But man, I put I put that ball in his hands, yeah. and I make him go hundred possession and one on one against somebody right. hundred straight times. So now he got that wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Got it, yeah. You yeah. had it, but didn't nobody know it until yeah. we got yeah. that. You know, you know. Yeah, exactly. Hey man, we, we, that's reflection, man. We think about that. We me and Newt talked about that about how the game, like the tweener, Marco Killingsworth, like the guy in between was looked at. You weren't a point guard, man. You wasn't. You wasn't a pure point guard and running pick and rolls every possession. Then the league just wasn't. They wasn't feeling you. Yeah. But now all of a sudden you got guys that you know shoot within two seconds of the shot clock. They 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 dribble eighteen times. I'm looking at them like. We, I had a two dribble limit in practice. I don't think people, <laughs> no, I don't think I people know that. Like you, there, not, you get two dribbles. I'm like, well, I, get, I can be held like, come on, man. Yeah. You, you, I ain't going back. I'm gonna leave it alone. <laughs> but I, I appreciate them kind words, man. And 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 for let me ask you this: Mount Rushmore college basketball coaches, in your opinion? Wow, got four of them, and it could be your influences. It don't have to be who you is. I know you mentors and things like that. Who who yeah. are the, your your greatest college basketball coaches of all time? Well, you know, oof, again, that's, that's that's you want to name a hundred, but you know, you have to go, you have to go with, uh, you know, man, it's some really good coaches. I it can't, is, it I is. Name I mean, them all. Name them all. I mean, you look at you look. I think I think uh, Mark Few is, is is fantastic, man. I think absolutely. He's coach, you know. Uh, you hate to name them because you leave out somebody mm -hmm. that, that's really good. I mean, I'm, I even watched, um, well, I think Juwana Howard is really good. Mm -hmm. You know, but I watched him coach. Uh, you know, you got to go with, man, it's some, some really good coach. I can't really think of coaches, to be honest with you. Uh, mm -hmm. So you have to go with the Coach K's, you know, of the world, you know, uh, because what he's done with really good players, you know, and you know, like I know, he. He let, let let those guys play their games. Mm -hmm. you know, he, he let them play their games, and yep. a lot of coaches have systems. They put you in their system, and, and, and don't, don't get me wrong. Nothing wrong with having a system. Nothing wrong with putting guys in system, but you hate to have something 
you hate to have something that you don't take advantage of. You yeah, know, like, 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 like when it's gone and you see it doing something to you, you're like, wow, I had that. You yeah, know, yeah, had yeah, that. definitely. Yeah. And, and so, <laughs> man, it, it's, it's hard. I had to say my college coach Wimp Sanderson because yeah. you know, he put up with me for a long time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but it, that's a tough question, man. That's a tough yeah, question. No you gotta put Coach Knight on there. You know, Definitely. you gotta you gotta put uh I mean, you know, the people that really kind of influence me when I'm on coaching, you know, we we go up and play Purdue with Gene Katie. We go yep. we got Coach Knight. It was I mean, it, it, it was some Booger Bear the coach, you know, it was it was some I mean, Lon Kruger, Illinois was really good. You know, it, it was it was some good guys. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I just again, that, that's like answering the same question about who's my favorite bet. Not my favorite, but my best. Yeah. But it's it's hard. It's hard, man. So, so you basically going against what you said earlier, man. You said you were sixty, and you say what you want to say. I, but 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 no, <laughs> I do. I, I don't care what other people think. No. <laughs> but 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 I do care what what my former players think. I got you. you I know? got you. Right? you know what I mean? <laughs> no, man. That old up there, man, talking about he ain't mentioning my name. You know. Right. <laughs> You know, so no I do care about what they say. For sure, they they, say. They, can, they can call you. Yeah, but <laughs> like, regular people, man, I don't, I don't, I don't. I got you, I got you. Now we're gonna dive into the IU uh, opportunity. You know, we talked about a '95 man. You, you, you got you went through the coaching ranks really quickly. How did the connection between you and Coach Knight help you end up as an assistant at IU? Well, you know, John Trelaw, I worked for him in the CBA, mm-hmm. and Pat. Night went and worked for Tree Law okay. uh, in the CBA, and and uh, it, it was having a conversation about you know coach needed a, a, a black coach on his staff, and you know did he know anybody? Say I got one for you, you know Mike Davis. So mm-hmm. you know that was I came up. Steve Dowling came down to Tuscaloosa, interviewed me. We talked, and they flew me up, met with coach. Um, went great, and, and I was I was like, man, I'm not getting this job. That was my mindset when I was leaving. I'm not I'm not getting the job. But then they called me back, said it's your job. And man, from there, the rest is history, you know? Yeah, definitely. When when you start, uh, you you obviously got the job, man. What, what what was your thoughts about, you know, I know you had heard everything about Coach Knight up to that point. Then you, you're one of the rare guys to work for him. What was it like working for Coach Knight? It was it was it was it was great from the standpoint of it was very demanding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we always had to be in the office working. You had to be well prepared. You know, you know how much film we watched, and yeah. uh, even with the team, and you had to be prepared for everything. So it really take took me to another level from preparation standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, um, everywhere we went, I, it, it, it's funny you asked that question, man, because uh, on the bus coming back the other night. I mean, everybody they want to hear Coach Knight's story. They want to hear, want to hear Indiana's story. They want to hear all right. Indiana's story. And so I was just telling them how we used to fly to a town, you know, the players eat, watch film in the, in the, in the player room of, of, of the opposing team, how we coaches go out and eat, we'll come back, go to the coach room and watch a little film then go to bed. And then when we wake up, we wouldn't have a certain time to go to his room, but he had donuts outside his room. And mm-hmm. when the donuts was in, you go in, you watch film, uh, you go around for shoot around. And uh, we couldn't go to shoot around. Our players couldn't go to shoot around dressed in their uniform. They had to go dress in their clothes. They changed when they got there. Right. Yeah. Go back. We have pregame. You watch film and pregame. After they eat, it took a walk around or whatever, a block, whatever. I said it was so different, man. It, it, it was like a, a movie all the time. Absolutely. You know, every time we come out the hotel, people, you know, cheering and clapping for you. You know, you come out the hotel and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. so it was just a, a 
it, it, it was just a different world. You know, a different world because everywhere you went, it was like a show. You know, yeah. it was like, like a show. So you know, really, I mean, we talk about it all the time. Yeah, I mean, I've had stories. I talk tell guys about you how you know Matee clean those guys were happy that you couldn't dribble but twice. You know, exactly. <laughs> you know, you know I, I, I said, I said, I said, AJ used to be like, okay, we get down a lot. Okay, go play. You know, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I said one game we, we was playing. Against Michigan, I said, uh, uh, we, we had a guy named Larry Richardson, and coach was like, let's go to Larry every time. Larry every time, I'm like, wow, we're going to Larry, <laughs> you know, you know. I said, well, okay, well, coach don't want to win this game, nigga. Yeah, to to <laughs> and so when the game is over, coach was upset because we lost. Like, Man, we went to Larry like I'm a fair possession. That's why we lost. Man. <laughs> I'm like, man, that's hilarious, man. <laughs> I, got, I, I got so many stories, man. It, it, it's, is unbelievable, man. I know you do, man. <laughs> you 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 made a big splash in recruiting, man. And but you was bringing in a special. You were almost like you were moving on. Era key. <laughs> yeah, yeah, key, man. this close to you. Key, almost uh, got there. Yeah, I, I remember that. George <laughs> Leach. Did, did Coach Knight initially? Did he resist these type of players? Because we, I felt like that's what we needed even before you got there. I'm like. Where the athletes at? Where where the dudes that I can get beat on defense and and they send it and I go on a fast <laughs> break? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we had we didn't have them dudes. Where they at? So did he did he resist those type of recruits initially? He did. You know, coach just, he told me he wanted someone that had a high IQ. He mm-hmm. told me he wanted some you know guys that had skill that, that, that could pass, had a good feel for the game. And uh, you know, I just I just thought coming from Alabama, man, when we had. Uh, you know, Mac Dice and Robert Horror and all them long athletic guys. Yeah. It would be a good look, you know. And so uh, those are the kind of guys that kind of attract me, man. Those 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 long athletic guys that can play like that. That's uh, okay, cool. Um what did Coach Knight um what were you he left, he got he got let go in the, in, in 2000. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff. When I look back, I mean, you know, I was going to the NBA or trying out for the NBA and everything happened so fast, man. When And initially when you heard that, you know, Coach Knight would be let go, what were your thoughts initially? Like before they came to you and said, Coach Davis, Coach Trezor, we want y'all to coach. What were, did you think he was out of there? Did you think like, what did you, what were your initial thoughts when Coach Knight got let go in that summer of 2000? Man, I didn't. I didn't oh. have a clue. I was like, "Wow, what what happens?" Yeah, know? it happens. So I know. Fast. I know. It was like uh, went over to coach's house, had a meeting, and you know everybody was over there and came back, and the players was was, was disappointed and you know upset, and you know we we just didn't have no clue, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, Miles Brand and Terry Clayplax and Donegan, all, all those guys, man, they were just trying to keep the program, you know, going and. Uh, didn't know what direction they was going in and, you know, met with those guys. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was like, I just want to keep the program together. You know? Right. Yeah. And I said to myself, I'm just there one, one year, six months, whatever it is. Yeah. As long as they can have a season, it's good. You know, I didn't yeah. care if people got the job and I didn't care if they brought somebody in. You know, I just wanted to have a season because, you know, that would that, that have been history, not having a season. Definitely. In you know, and so we end up having a season, and guys end up, you know, staying and playing. And you know, it was, it was, it was, it was, 
it was so much uncertainty going on. And I knew they weren't going to name me the coach. I was like, you know, I'm just trying to get a job somewhere else, you know, let me go to where, whatever job coming open because that, that gave me the platform to get a job somewhere else. And, and up, you know, uh, it worked out and they kept me and, and yeah. You know, it was yeah. And small little things that happen, man. And you probably don't know this. I'm gonna tell this story. You that situation basically took you out of the picture of what I was trying to do professionally. Cause I my plan was to lean on you for the expertise when it comes to preparation for the NBA. But because Coach and I got let go, you took over. Obviously, you ain't have you ain't had no time for that. Okay. So then I had to move on and, and try to you know create relationships with people I didn't know. Cause like I'm coming from Peoria, not many people played NBA basketball. So there was no process of finding an agent, uh finding XYZ, what how important an agent is, all that kind of stuff. And it was such a domino effect for Coach Knight get let go, man. And that small piece right there, you never knew that, but I wasn't able to reach out to you to say, hey, coach, man. Uh, they trying to get me to go here. They trying to get me to go there. What should I do? Who's the best agents? Can you call somebody for me? Because Coach Knight just didn't do that kind of stuff. Like he didn't, you know, you know, he didn't, he didn't, you know, go places with you. Go to the Naismith. I think I was up for uh, the College Basketball Player of the Year, mm-hmm. and I was the only dude that wasn't there. Like because Coach Knight couldn't. He didn't go. He didn't yeah. go to that kind of stuff. So, but I would have undoubtedly invited you, but everything yeah. starts swirling. I think he had just got the, uh, the, the no zero tolerance put on him. Yeah. So it was just kind of tight around there at that time. So that domino effect, man, was huge at that time. But they come to you and they tell you they, that they want you to stay in, 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 uh, in the head coaching capacity. But what, what the rumor was that Coach Knight was upset about with you for that, that you actually kept the job. Is that true? Well, I never talked to him. No, okay. We, we never talked after I took the job and, and uh, you know, I mean, so I can't, I mean, the rumor was, but I never actually talked to him to hear it from his mouth mm-hmm. to say it. You know? Oh, okay. Uh, and so Pat and I have talked, you know, after that and stuff. And, okay. You so, know, you know, we, we was cool and everything, but, you know, I couldn't leave, you know, mm-hmm. Jeff Newton and, and all those guys, the Moyage parents, they were like, hey, coach, man, just stay, stay. You know, you got my boy up there, you know, <laughs> that kind of yeah, thing. Exactly, right. I'll leave my boy hanging, you know. Yeah, that's, that's why right. I decided to stay because yeah. of what they said. And I, I went into the homes. I made the phone because I too, I was going to take care of your boy, you know, take yeah. care of your son. And so, you know, I stayed. I stayed because of that very reason. And, you know, and I just wanted to have a season. And, and, and it would have been hard for anybody to transfer in September. You know, to go somewhere else to play. Definitely. And so um, I stayed, and when they named me the coach, you know, I was like, I, I was, I was, I was, I was more shocked than anyone. Yeah, you know, that I, I was named the coach. Sure. I didn't come there trying to be no head coach in Indiana. You know, <laughs> <laughs> were you the first black head coach? First black head coach. Yeah. Oh lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, when you took over, man, what, what was your first order of business? And just to try to get the guys to be on the same page and, you know, be just, just be together and, and, and let's, let's, let's fight together, stay together and try to grow together, you know? So mm-hmm. I was just trying to do that with those guys. I mean, I ain't never ran a practice before in my life, you yeah, know? So right. it was all new to me. I'm used to somebody telling me to do this drill, you know, I do that drill, it's what we gonna do. And everything was on our shoulders. And so, you know, we just, I stayed up. I can't tell you the nights I, I slept in the, in the locker room mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, man, just working and working and working and working. Players seemed to love you, man, and uh, it was kind of really the opposite. Not that they didn't love. I mean, I won't say players had a better relationship with you 
Uh, was that, you know, did you try to purposely change that in the culture at Indiana basketball at that time, just to be more, uh, you know, more accessible to the players, more, uh, you know, in, in, into, in tune to their personal feelings and lives and understanding them as, you know, Coach Knight's approach was, you know, I'm going to take care of you, I'm going to look out for you, you know, you just do what I ask you to do. Was that purposely? It was, it was. Mm -hmm. and I saw with you guys, you know, with, I was there with Andre Patterson and Charlie and those guys. I thought Charlie Miller could have been uh, like an unbelievable player, but he was just so nervous and there was a lot of responsibility put on him from a leadership standpoint, which he didn't, he took seriously more than just being a basketball player, mm -hmm. you know? So I wanted to make sure guys were relaxed and calm and, you know, knew they could come talk to me at any time, come to my house anytime, you know, and talk to me and, and about things. And so yeah. I made sure of that because, you know, college will be fun, man. I mean, it's hard work. It's supposed to be fun. And, and uh, you know, I think, I mean, I, I can laugh at Moye and I, say, I don't want you to ever shoot my ball, you know, unless you do this. So he go out and shoot 50,000 shots in the summertime and end up being our best three-point shooter. And so, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I could talk to them. I could yeah. be so honest with them. They could talk to me and be honest with me, but I wasn't going to hear it. I just wasn't going to hear anything from them that wasn't going to help them in life. Mm -hmm. You know, so you come talk to me now, but I'm gonna tell you how I feel. I'm gonna tell you, right. you know, how what you need to be doing. But uh, you know, I, I I made it a point, man, to have a relationship with, with those guys, man. Yeah, that's very important, man. Uh, and you, your oh, your oh one oh two team is it, is it is it true that that may be that team was a little seemed to be more talented than your actual oh two oh one oh two team? Your your championship runs. I'm sorry, your 2000 2001 team with. Haston and Jeffries and Newton Coverdale came along. Do you think that team was a little more talented than your, their team ended up making the championship run? Well, I, I I think it was different because Haston was good. Yeah, that's what, uh -huh. Kurt was a good old country boy that, yeah. that, that, that ended up being pretty good. You know, when when uh, Kurt first got that, like well, he ain't gonna be here long. You know, <laughs> go start working with that, that hook shot. Hook Definitely, shot. Really yeah, yeah. And, and he became really, really, really good, man. I mean, he could really shoot the basketball. And I'm not sure if he played overseas or not, but Ooh, Kurt Kirk yeah. ended up being a first round draft pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for the Hornets, he played yeah. about four years in the league. Then he played in Italy for a couple of years. Okay, yeah, okay, and, okay. So I remember him playing in the NBA. I remember yeah. him being drafted in the NBA because I was flying somewhere when they had the draft, and mm -hmm. when I landed, they say he had went first round. Like, oh wow, that's big time. Yeah, you know, definitely. I thought Kurt, if Kurt would have stayed for us that next year, like, wow, man, definitely. Yeah, he did leave early. I forgot. He, what he, he, he left early. Uh, but the team that we had to make the run was a special shooting team. Yeah, true. You know, they could really shoot the ball. And then JJ was more of like a, a, a Fife was like leading the white guys. JJ led the black guys. <laughs> I had to get them two to come together, you yeah. know, to get yeah, together. Definitely. And then once Fife said, okay, JJ, cause you know how Fife is. You know? Yep, definitely. Fife like, okay, JJ, you know, take us there. From right. Your you know, I'm gonna take us there for my, my my energy and my effort, but you take us there from your talent standpoint, and they all mesh together, man. I mean, we can, I can remember, remember a game, we make 12, 13, 14 threes in a game. You know, the game's over, we run out of stuff, they cut, move, screen, play, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, I think both teams were talented, but if you looked at it, you know, Kurt was the other pro that we had on the team. Definitely. And AJ went, we only had one pro. Definitely. Uh, and, and, and that was him, so. 
I thought, boy, we can run some really good high-low stuff because JJ was good around the basket. Yeah, great passer too. Mm -hmm. Now, you came and changed. You know, you made made the system your own. What? But I remember watching Dane Five, and I'm thinking like, this dude couldn't throw the ball in the ocean on our team. Like first two years, what changed? How did you get Dane Fife out of that slump because and to make him to one of the better shooters his last couple of years? Because he, Dane, he, could, Dane he wanted to throw that thing in the ocean. But he wanted to be a leader. Yeah, you know, he uh -huh. wanted to be the guy. He wanted the responsibility, mm -hmm. and he was really sensitive in in in, in some ways. But at the same time, I just gave him the keys. They just play, yeah. you know, just play. If you don't want to practice today, just say, okay, coach, we don't want to practice today because we're going so hard. We'll do some more stuff. But just kind of giving him the keys. <laughs> like, you lead these fight. JJ got them. You got them. And he could really shoot the basketball. And his confidence just got better, you know, as you gave him more to do. Because mm -hmm. fight was like a coach on the court. You know, he was coaching the court. You know, he he could lead guys, talk to guys. He was tough, like yeah. real tough, man. Yeah, and real dirty at times too. Real definitely. Dirty we you seen know. the bites and right. He, he was real dirty at times. <laughs> Dude. But uh, no, he was. He just he shot the ball well because his confidence grew because I gave him more responsibility. I think. Uh -huh. And and how did you? I mean, and I tell people all the time. I think that group of players was had the, the best player development I had seen at IU until Oladipo and those guys came around. I think you got Dane Fife better, uh, Jared Odo got better, Tom Coverdale, they was about to run Tom Coverdale out the <laughs> building before I left. I remember Coach Knight telling him like, hey, you ain't gonna play here, so you, you might well find somewhere else to go. I'll help you find. And then he turns into an all Big Ten guard, man. What what the heck happened, man? And how the, how you turn this boy into a? We used to murder Tom Coverdale on practice. Like, <laughs> we had a great time, and he was on the show. He laughed about it. We talked about it. What did you do to that guy to turn him into an all Big Ten guard? Well, the first thing they asked me when I got the job, a couple of them asked me, a couple of parents asked me, "Am I gonna be fair?" Right. Am, am I gonna let them play uh, or whatever? I'm like, sure, that's all we got, you know, we ain't nobody exactly. else. But uh, Coverdale, man, he one of them guys, you walk in the gym and he don't look like no basketball player. You know, <laughs> he was like, man, what, what this dude, he's scruffy, you know. Uh, but he was so smart. Yeah, he, he, he was so smart. And the game slowed down for him mm -hmm. uh, at Indiana. I right. think when he first got there, it was just so fast for him. I mean, you, you guys, he couldn't guard you guys, but then he started figuring out how to play angles and everything. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, and man, you talking about, I mean, even when, when he twists his ankle uh, in the final four, I'm like, that's not going to bother him. He's slow yeah. anyway. No, he's just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. anyway. I'll never forget a practice, man, when I knew that this cat was good, man. We, we was playing and, and, and you know, uh, Strickland had come in and Strickland thought he was going to be the guy, you know, all good. And uh, uh, it was playing one-on-one, got to play one-on-one. And uh, Coverdale was driven to basketball. And as soon as Strick turned, he shot deep, you know, yeah. deep. Wow. And then he came out again. He was just so smart. Like, right. like he, he yeah. could really read you and really read. It was Frank and William. It, it didn't matter who it was. You know, right. he was going right. to give you that same. You couldn't leave him over. He going to pass. And I just think he fell in love with just being that guy. He, you know, he fell in love with, with, with just being, cause he was the same guy in college, in high school, he ended up being in college. And uh, even when he slumped the senior year, you know, I was like, mm -hmm. man, I'm gonna start you. I don't care, I'm gonna start you. I'm gonna let you play out of it, it's on you. But he just was, 
man, he was the king. Yeah. He was the king when he, when, he, when he played, man. But love coaching him. <laughs> man, I got, I got some funny stories about Kobe there. Man, he was a funny guy, man. He was a tough kid. He was great. He was great on the show. I can see that red hair now, man. He just, man. He, I mean, he just go between his legs and then wasn't fast at all. But boy, when he shot that ball and you know, you, you thought it was going in from absolutely from deep range. From deep he ran range. your system to a T. I just oh, remember watching ran. the games and I'm sitting here in amazement. <laughs> looking at me like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I cannot believe this dude is the best, one of the top two point guards in the Big Ten. Like, I, this dude, they was ready to pack his bags for him. <laughs> send, him to the, send him to the crib. He's probably he, ready to go too. He probably he, ready he, to go. He was ready. He said, that he, he said that he spent that whole summer ready to prove Coach Knight wrong. Yeah. And I said that that really helped you. The change, the coaching change, helped him. Let's, let's yeah, just be yeah. honest, because you put the ball in his hands, you gave him that Mister Basketball confidence that he came in with. And let's just face it, not everybody built to to handle Coach Knight's approach when yeah. it comes to you know he's just not complimentary all the time. He's gonna be <laughs> on you, on you, on you. It's, it is oh, what yeah. it is. You oh, had really. to learn how to tune him completely out. You had to learn it. Like yeah. it's just you weren't gonna make it if you, <laughs> if you sat there and you was emotional about everything that man said to you. You was give it up. Like You're and so trouble. I think Coverdale and Fife at that time they were, oh man, and Wrecker Wrecker end up leaving. Like, yeah, yeah, Luke. And Luke. people and people don't understand. Even during your my freshman year, you come you coming in, mm -hmm. Neil Reed leaves. Um, when you came in, Neil Reed transferred. Jason Collier transfer while you was there. Yep, while we was there, our, your first year in the middle of it. The next year, Luke Wrecker leaves. Like, and then the following year, we rolling, and then the tape comes out. Yeah. Like, I was like, we've been through some trauma at Indiana. And we, you know what I'm saying? And there was no outlet to talk about it. Yeah. There was that's why the season ended so abruptly that it did. Like we was rolling, we was we was uh, overachieving, we was having good wins. But it tape comes out in the Big Ten tournament, and it just takes the air out the sails. We lose in the first round Big Ten tournament, then we lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Kirk, Kirk gets hurt. It was like a perfect storm of everything that can go wrong in a four-year career. But we we persevered, and at the end of the day, you, know, you have to be mentally tough at that time to to play there. And I think some of those players we were moving into the new the new era of player where you had to be a player coach like yourself. Like you had to care, like you had to show you care. And I know Coach Knight cared. I know Coach Knight cared, but it was a different way of caring. Like it was like, you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you through it because you made it. You gonna be successful. That was, that was his way. And your way was, hey man, what's wrong? Let's talk. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. let's get through it. And we appreciate that as players. That's why you're beloved, man. And uh, we, we appreciate you for that. So, um, getting, we, we, we get to the end here, man. So. What was this infamous rant in Southern Illinois, man? Do you remember going off on your team in 2001-2 season? You lost a game at Southern Illinois, man. Do you remember what you said? I have no idea. I say so much crazy <laughs> I stuff. told him it was an out-of-body experience, yeah. man. I say so much crazy stuff. Like, right now, they be like, you know what you said? I have no idea what I said. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just I want to make it miserable for you sometimes because, I mean, we, we got to beat at Southern Illinois. And I couldn't believe we lost, but they had a really good team. They yeah, really they did. Team. Was they that Lowry coaching or Weber? Uh, I want to say Weber was coaching. That's the team I think went to Sweet Sixteen. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They was really, and they was ready for us, waiting on us, and we <laughs> just thought we was going to show up and win. I, I, I couldn't tell you one word I said. 
They said you went crazy, man. So you were something about the gym being, I'm not gonna say the word you said, but not up to par. Like how to how how are we gonna get beat by a team with a gym that is not, you know, <laughs> Jared Jeffries and uh Jeff Jeff actually brought it up as well, man. It was hilarious. Yeah, okay, they remember um, everything. When you get a chance, take a listen to that podcast. Okay. But um uh Duke game, man, you out of everybody on the floor, you look the most surprised that y'all won. Like, uh, it, it, to me, it just looked like, man, damn, I can't believe we won this game. Like, we we headed to the Elite Eight, or you know what I mean? Like, or Sweet 16, sorry, you said it to the Sweet 16, man. What was it like? Because that's at that time, your experience at IU is at the level that every coach, every player that played there aspired to be, you know, a beat, a beat, beating Duke in a Sweet 16, are you on top of the world, man? What was it like to be the head coach at that time uh, and to beat Duke, uh, a team that had four pros, four or five pros on the team? Pros, yeah, what was, what was that experience like, man? Surreal. Uh, it was crazy because, you know, they took our shoes out the game. They didn't mm. have to offer Fife and cover there on those guys. Oh, okay. They took our shoes out the game. So we ended up with Jer Jerry playing, you know, scoring and playing and making plays. So I can remember this. And this is probably the only part of the game that I do remember, Karen, is like we was up, you know, and the game was ours. And we fouled Jason Williams. And yep. so I can remember like, okay, we fouled Jason Williams, we'll go to overtime. You know, he make these three free throws, we'll go to overtime. Right. Know? So I think I think he made two free throws. He made two, yeah. And he missed the one. But they got the rebound, like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Right. We're gonna lose. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it happened, AJ, it happened so slow that uh -huh. all those thoughts came to my mind, like, okay, he make it, we'll go overtime. Yeah. But then when he missed it, it's like it took all day long. And I'm like, man, we're gonna, we gonna lose again. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think Marye, Marye blocked the um boozer layup. Yeah, to, to win the game, yep. and that and that and 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 that moment, it took two minutes for it to happen. That's that's how much thought. That's probably why I look so surprised. Like, man, we okay, we'll go to overtime. Watch, yeah, yeah, right. we'll go to overtime. Then he make it, make miss it, and Jason Williams already missed some free throws in some big games, you know. Right. So we missed it, and and uh, AJ blocked the shot. I like, wow, we gonna lose the game, and then he blocks it. We get it. We win. We win the game. Yeah. I mean, you talk about, you know, you mentioned this earlier, man, and because uh, I, I know you had some great times at IU, uh, but you said that you weren't prepared um, to, to be the head coach at, at, that, at that level at that time. Why, why you don't feel like you was prepared? I mean, just because I've never ran a practice. I've mm -hmm. never caught a timeout in a real game <laughs> like that. You know, yeah. I wasn't ready for all the chatter and all the, yep. the, 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 the doubts and all of the... Uh, what's the word? Uh, critiquing you every game, every game, every yeah. Game. You know, I just wasn't ready for that, man. Yeah. And from a basketball standpoint, I was ready from a basketball standpoint, but just going through all that emotion. Look at every coach that's been there. You know, yeah. since I've been there, you know, uh, it's not an easy job. It's a great job. Yeah. Great job. It's a great mm -hmm. job, and they want you to win. You, you got to know that when you take that job, man, don't be sensitive. Yeah, you know, exactly. Don't be because they, I mean, when you win, they would treat you like like you've never been treated before in your life. Right. You know? Yep. Definitely. And, and and when you lose, 
You know, they just want you to face up and take responsibility because they're going to get you now. Yeah. They're going to get on you. So. <laughs> and, so, yeah. and, you know, especially, you know, people don't want to say this, but then you was the uh, first African-American coach. Yeah. You know I mean, you had a black staff coming in. You start bringing in uh, guys from the South, man, and, and, and people that that was an easy target for people. Oh, he don't have us on, you know, whatever, whatever. But so, and it was because they don't understand it was more extra pressure on you because you was black at the end of the day, you know what I mean? It's, but but every coach I've ever known, I mean, they treat me never nice now. I mean, like, it, it's not like, man, we hate Mike Davis. Like, we never want to see Mike Davis again. You know, I mean, I, I read comments where, you know, they 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 watch me play at UAB and Texas Southern, and they happy for me. It's just the way it is, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, if you take it personally, you ain't gonna sleep at night. You won't sleep exactly. at night, you know? But they want you to be at a certain level. The expectations are high, yeah. and, 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 and that, that level was set by McCracken and Coach Knight. I mean, it was set before we even got there, you know, before yeah, you yeah. got there. So, you know, the players, man, when, you know, all you guys are always included and stuff as far mm -hmm. as comparison to who they have now. Yeah, you know, and this guy can't shoot like this guy. This guy can't <laughs> rebound like this guy, you know. So it's always there. It's always there. But to me, it's fun. It's, it's, yeah. it's like that's – if you're a competitor, you want to be a part of that. You know, I wish I had the opportunity now to be a part of that, because now I know, I, I mean, now I made a bunch of mistakes in recruiting. I should have got this kind of, you yeah. know, and I, I thought this guy, he wouldn't fit in, you know what I mean? Like, let's say um, Rondo, you know, I had a chance yeah. to get Rondo and and those guys like, well, I don't know how he gonna fit, you know, cause they may not right. like how he, you know, so, but but now I understand, man, you just bring top, bring pros in there, bring them in yeah. there, and you, you can get in. pros in there, you know? I mean, I wanted, I wanted Antoine to go there, bad. Yeah, definitely, like yeah. really bad because you know I, I mean, I've done fishing. I talked about it and trying to get him recruited, but you only weigh 142 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, if you feel like being unselfish, it can still happen, man. If you feel like <laughs> <laughs> I, I come this close to put the name that transfer porter. You're right, but you're right. Yeah, throw him in there, man. Yeah, go yeah, yeah he's crazy. You know, like go on, man, go. On. You know, we, <laughs> we braid his hair up. Go to the porter. Go know, to the yeah. portal, man. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you, you get a tattoo. Go to the porter, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you become more appreciated by the fan base now than you were then so yeah. i mean now because they now they people realize like oh we were good yeah. like we we was looking for something that was 76 ish that we ain't gonna never see again we ain't gonna see that again yeah. isaiah thomas randy whitman <laughs> all these dudes man, they ain't walking through that door so hey, gotta appreciate making the ncaa tournament man like <laughs> but, but but you have to understand that's what they want that's what that is. That's true. I mean, that true. I mean, I watch Indiana all the time. I watch uh -huh. the games and I follow them. And you know, I mean, I want them to win because I know how Coach feeling. You know, if, if, if you yeah. lose, you know, I, and I know how they feel when they win. And, and and so I follow those guys all the time, man. And you know, I know you guys probably because that's your school. Like like, that's, like that's your school. And and there's no more prouder thing for you and all the players. It's when their success is there. You know, yeah, you don't exactly. want to be the talk of the man, what's great. You want to be like, boy, in the other road, that's yeah. the way you feel, man. Exactly. So, you know, he can't ever think it's about him. It's right. not about him. Like, like mm -hmm. when you start to, to say it's about you, about you, about you, then that's unnecessary. Um, that's time you shouldn't even waste spending that. You know, yeah. I always say this all the time don't spend hours on the thing that you should spend minutes on, and don't spend minutes on the thing you should be spending hours on. Right. And, and they're going to love you if you win and, and they'll appreciate you when you're gone if you really did something they think well wow you know that you know 
we, we did something good, you know. Mm -hmm. They may not tell you now. Yeah, yeah, they were, yeah. But they'll tell you later. So they kind of told you when you came back for the game. Then they gave oh, you an ovation, right? Open, I, and, I, and I can see that it it lifted off of you, like, oh, yeah. I'm appreciated. And oh, yeah. Now that it allows you to move on and 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 become the man that you were a coach that you're destined to become. So like, what was that? The those emotions, like, because I, I enjoyed watching that. I actually watched that whole game, and I saw that. I was like, he deserves that. Man, I was so happy, man, and. You know, it, it, it brought it brought tears to my eyes and, 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 and joy to my heart because I was like, wow, man, I wanted the good Lord would let my mom look look down and see this, you know, right. and see the appreciation that that the fans had given me. And I, I had one more bucket list thing, but I just want I want to go down there, man, and, and bring my team and let Torn play in the yep. semi hall. You know, awesome. if he can if he can play in this Mike, Mike and I coach in the semi hall. If 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 Antoine can come back and have a game in the seminar hall, that'd be my bucket list, man. Absolutely, that'd be awesome. And you you've had a, a story coaching career, man. UAB, Texas Southern, Indiana. Now you at Detroit, man. Uh, um, message for for aspiring young coaches: Would you rather have a Power Five job, or would you ever have a, a mid major job and just be? comfortable flying under the radar now that you know everything you know did you because one you get a lot of pressure like you said scrutiny every day expectations alumni family kissing babies every single day but you know at detroit mercy or uab you could just be you like you said you can give time to your son you can create the schedule you need to create what would, what advice would you give the young coaches that may be in that position man that, that's 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 a great question because so many coaches want so many different things, you know. And for me, I've always wanted to see the success for my players. You know, I'm always giving them the advice for later on in life. And so, you know, I would love to be a power five, but I also love being in Detroit. But my my my, my most enjoyable thing is to get that full cooperation uh, of of the wisdom that I can give them about life, how hard you have to work and what you have to be persistent at doing over and over and over and over again. So I just tell coaches, you know, when you do it, man, do it for the players, man. Right. Do it for the players. Mm -hmm. and then like, a lot of them not gonna listen to you or you, or you don't think they're listening to you. But when you get that phone call uh, years later, when you see them years later, they say, coach, man, I appreciate it. You know, like I get a joy uh, uh, listen to my guys talk about me, man. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's like unbelievable, man. I get a joy out of it. Just listening to them talk about you like that. That's it's, it's, the best it's, feeling it's, in the world. And they caught me, man, they caught me like, they got to say, man, coach, coach be tripping, man. You know, coach is <laughs> exactly. coach is dead, you know, man. <laughs> coach, coach said it. But when I say something to them, if I got on real hard, Man, I still love them. Like, like, right. like, yeah. like, 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 I don't care what I said to you. It ain't personal. It's it's not personal. I mean, let's come back and get it better. Let's come yeah. back and do it right. And so, you know, my oldest son said, Dad, you got really soft, really soft. <laughs> I said, I said, you know, I haven't gotten soft. This, this generation, man, they can't take nobody. They can't take it. That's <laughs> what it is. They right? can't love them, man. You know, so, you know, I, I spend more time trying to explain stuff to them. I send them stuff all the time, man. But to hear my guys and see my guys doing well, man, there's no better feeling than that. And I, I think that's the difference between Coach Knight and I is that Coach mm -hmm. Knight, he wants the same thing. Like, like he, yeah, he, yeah. he, 
I mean, I, I can't tell you the meetings he was in when he felt good about this guy having this job, that guy having that job, getting this job, this, this, this job, you know. But with me, I wasn't a superstar coach like coming. Mean, coach time was very demanding with everybody, you know. It's kind of like when you yeah. said that you, you know, you, you didn't call me, man. You could have called me because I would have put everything I yeah. down. I'm telling you, I would have put everything yeah. down just right. to, just to, you know, yeah. lock in and focus on you because I always wondered how you was doing, what, what you were doing, blah, 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 you know, it is, you know, and so. You know, uh, uh, but coach was just so yeah drawn to everybody, man. That but he 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 wanted guys to say, and and that really helped me to understand that when you guys have your kids, your family, you know, you're talking about your, your daughter and stuff, man. When, when you talk about your kids, man, that made me feel so good, man. Because I I mean, you know, I, I I understand it. You know, I understand it, man. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody gonna always talk about you about you to them. You yeah. know, they're gonna always talk about that. And, and we can't I always say, man, you can't rewind it now when your kids get up and they're gonna be saying, well, your dad was this, your dad was that, your dad, uh, your, your daddy should did this, that. They're yeah. gonna say that stuff. So man, you gotta make sure right now. I try to remind them of now for later. I, I, th- I think you do a great job of, uh, you know, it, it, when you when you have to tear them down, you do a good job of building them back up. Yeah. You know, so so that they know it's not personal. And I thought mm-hmm. that was always uh, honest. People always ask me what the difference between Tom Izzo and Coach Knight was. And I would say, because I'm, I'm real good friends with Mateen Cleve. So we would talk a lot. And he would tell me about how, you know, he had a sis coach. Tom Izzo has a system. Basically, if I get on you and I get on you hard, either I or an assistant coach is going to make sure we build you back up. We going that's a focus, and I think that's uh, crucial for for kids starting around the late '90s all the way up till today. It's a lot, a lot more sense. They don't understand that concept of actually. I'm just coaching basketball. Cause I, because you don't rebound well, don't mean I hate you. At the end of the day, I'm trying trying to teach you how to rebound well, man. That's that's all. I'm still gonna pick you up. It's on the side of the road when your car get flat. I'm gonna call your mama. I'm gonna say, ask how your family doing to keep up with you in the, in the professional ranks. So I think you do. You you started that, and I didn't notice that until you know I started getting older, and you start to realize, get into coaching, and you have to take different angles to to deal with certain people. So. I know your time is pressed, so I'm gonna give you two more questions, man. Do you do you um you haven't spoken to Coach Knight since then? I since have not. Have not. That is amazing to, to hear. And uh, why you think that is? Is it because you never reached out? He never reached out. Have you ever been in the same vicinity and just walk past each other? Or like, why is that? No, we 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 would never been in the same spot. You know, I always thought, I said, boy, we're we going to fool around and get to the NCAA tournament. They're going to make us play Texas Tech. You know, they're going to make us play those. You know, <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. You know we uh, we never played. And I, I'm I'm a different guy, man. I'm a different guy. I don't reach out to, to like, that's probably my biggest thing with my former players. Mm-hmm. I love them. I appreciate them. I'm always thinking about them. But I don't stay in contact with them enough. Right, you know, yeah. Like, 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 like that's, 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 like, terrible, I think. And I feel bad about it a lot because when they had their weddings uh, mm-hmm. and kids are born and stuff like that, you know, I, I'm I'm not. I want you to know. I always believe, like, man, if I don't, if I don't see you in ten years and we see, it's like we've been seeing each other every day. You know, right, what I mean? exactly. that's, that's how I think, and that's probably yeah. a backwards way to think when it comes to people that you coached. You know, because when you coach somebody, you have an influence in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've I've had the opportunity to go to a couple of weddings. I like, man, I ain't going nowhere. They don't want to see me. I know where right. I'm sitting, but but not realizing that my presence there would be like, okay, yeah, man. When I see him, it's like, 
man, we never stopped. Exactly. You know? like, like, we, we never right stopped talking. And yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, I never reached out to Coach. He never reached out to me. But like I said, I've seen Pat. I talked to Pat a little, little bit, good. you know. And, uh, but I do follow the program. I do follow the program. Because Indiana, yeah, man. You, you attached to it. It is. It is. It is. I, I, wouldn't, it is. I wouldn't have what I have if it weren't for Indiana. Right, exactly. Wouldn't yeah. have. And I, I was blessed to, when I was coaching Loyola, that was big for me because I had often wondered what, like, why why, why, why I lose coach, uh, contact with Coach Davis? I hadn't talked to you in probably like yeah. 17 years up to that point. And it was yeah. like, why? Like, it, I mean, uh, I'm not a one in the media bashing hell, or I don't know what happened, but I thought maybe you were a little upset because of the yeah. house thing shook out of Indiana. You just bounce uh, and just say, I'm I'm done with them fools for a while. No, no. No. But when no. I saw you, it was very, very important for me. And I was like, that dude kept me at IU, man, like yeah. and, and to help me out when I needed help and 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 taught me how to work and showed me film and of you playing. I don't know if you remember, you showed me film of you playing defense at Alabama. You know, and you had me out there trying to do that. You know what I mean? Trying to make an impact in a different way. So I will appreciate you for that. I do want to, come here. I want to introduce you to my daughter, man. It's my daughter, Aaliyah. Hello. Uh, how you doing? Yeah. She, this Hi, is um, Coach Mike Davis. He was my, my assistant coach at IU. And he's responsible for keeping me from transferring. So I want to, <laughs> <laughs> I want you to say hello. And she plays, man. She's a hooper. Guys got a game. like she can play a little bit. Yeah. She, you she's love solid. basketball? You love it? Yes. A lot. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna ask you a question, okay? Okay. How good do you want to be? I don't want to be good. I want to okay. be great. So I'm gonna ask you this question now. Tell me, and you gotta think about it for a little bit now. Tell me what you do to be great that nobody else is doing that play basketball. That's a, and I'm telling you now, this is a question that very few can answer. Yeah. You want to think about it? Because I know you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the reason I asked you, though, because 99.9% .9 of the people I asked, you know, they can't answer that quickly. Everybody in basketball do so much stuff. They do the, they do the same you know? thing. Yeah. yeah. The most important thing that you got right now is that your daddy actually played and went through it. Yeah. So he can give you information that everybody, the, the regular person won't have. Right. You know, he can help you with, with your soft skills and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And so, Definitely. you know, put that work in, put that work in because yeah. what you're a ninth grader now? Yeah. By the time you're a freshman in college, you want to be at your best. Yeah, absolutely. So Thank anything you. between now and your freshman year in college is all about the process, nothing about the outcome. All right. Make sense. Like that, man. Say thank you. Thank you. Right, you work. <laughs> we work. We working on them social skills. We're a little, we're a little, hey man, all, look, all, man. all these kids because they stay like this all day. <laughs> look, they, they, they like they this all, like all day. Like, but um, final, final thought, man. Reflect, uh, reflect on your IU experience and what you would like to say to your former players and the, and the IU fan base who really truly supported Mike Davis. Man, it's just like you just said, you know, I have a bad habit of not communicating, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, I, but I do love the program and have, I mean, I've never had any ill feelings about the program. Like, and and it, it could be, you know, when, I guess when you don't communicate with people, all kind of thoughts come in yeah. your mind. No, but man, no. I, I mean, I had nothing but great times in, in Indiana, man. Great no. times in Indiana. Like I said, it helped me. Uh, I, had a, I had a kid that was born there. You know, I had a kid that finished high school there. 
-hmm. you know, uh, shoot, Mike Love, uh, uh, the, what, what is it, the five, in the 500, whatever they call it, a little bit. The 500. The 500. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I enjoy going back and every day, every day, every day, I won't say every single day, mm -hmm. but 90% of my days, uh, Indiana come across my mind. Absolutely. Come across my mind. Even watching the game, whatever, uh, a memory about you guys. Uh, you know, you understand that when you coach another player, everything, Everything about your former players, you trying to get over to your current players. Current players, you yeah. And, and, and I, I'm, 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 AJ. I'm so locked in to my current players that I've lacked the, mm -hmm. the, the uh, communication with my former guys. Right. You know, I'm being like you know, you, you got your daughter right now. You work, mm -hmm. man. You locked in the world, like, like, okay. like, like you locked in the world. That when your other kid come up, it's gonna be the same way. You know what I mean? Because yep. you gonna you, you locked in. And so it's not that you don't think about Charlie, Andre, uh, yeah. all, all, all them guys you play with, it's not yeah. your, but you locked in your world. Yeah. You know? and, 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 and to all the people in Indiana, man, I really, I really appreciate being on here. Oh, I mean, I, I, I really do. I really appreciate it. I wish I could have gotten on earlier, but you know how it is with time, man. I'm, Definitely. I'm telling you, I would get on every day <laughs> but you have to make sure that you get this guy to remind me to be on. You know, right. you know? that's why I told you. That's why I told you to hit Will up because one o'clock when the guy here and I've been doing something down the yeah, you <laughs> Oh man, you know, yeah, exactly. you know the phone would have been ringing. I'm like, what? Well, damn, who number is that? I, I mean, I looked at my phone for a while. So, so man, I appreciate it, man. And Aww. like I said, the ultimate, the ultimate compliment to you is that I named my son. I, 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 I would call it Antoine AJ. AJ it's weird because of you. No, yeah, I'm gonna say this to everybody: yeah, that yeah. if you would have had the five dribble thing, man, you've been <laughs> you, you probably been retired uh, the Hall of Fame or something because the sure. game has changed. Yeah, Trust me, we think about it all the time. Do you think about it? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, okay, I didn't know I'm you watch the game. About. I'm watching even a college game. I'm like, these guys get the dribble so much, <laughs> and I really do. Like, man, we could not dribble to the point where. I had to really accept it, like, because I hadn't done that before. I'm like, I didn't get the dribble so much. Like, dribble, eight dribble, dribbles dribble, to get dribble, one yeah. shot? That was, like, shunned upon. Like, you was, <laughs> was like an alien out there in our system trying to pound the ball. So, no, I appreciate it all, man. It was a pleasure having you on here, man. And I do this for fun. I do this for the love. I do this for the alumni base because uh, I feel like they were fractured. Uh, once all of these coaching changes and especially with coach nice guys, you know, everybody just kind of went their separate ways. And I feel like this is a platform to like, and I believe it's working to bring everybody back full circle. You know what I mean? We start, I always text you and ask you for the numbers. Like uh, no, I don't have them. I have them. You got them all. So you, you, you communicate with me fine. We ain't got no problems. Like, we ain't got no issues. Just tell, but, the, uh, tell, tell the fans, man, tell the fans, to love the players to death, man. Absolutely. Love the players. Because that's what's important, man. We, yeah. as coaches, we, we, we're grown men, you know, yeah. and we'll get over at some point, you know, but just love the players and do everything you can to support the players and, and not put them in a situation where they have to make a choice. Right. You know, yeah. just, just love them and, and, and take care of them, man. But that, that's Indiana, though. They take care of the guys. 
and take care of the guy. Well, thank you, Coach Davis, man, and appreciate your time. I know you got practice in 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, we'll just we'll air this episode probably next week, get it to okay. you, man, and uh get it get to pump it out to all our former uh teammates and everybody who played up under you and the Indiana fan base. It's the number one uh podcast on the field of 68 network because of the Indiana tradition, Indiana fan base, man. And we keep it going, man, and then have fun with it. But DJ White. Um, Jeff Newton, make sure you reach out to them dudes, man. They, 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 I always ask them, did you, you talk to Coach David? Like, man, not in the what? Call your coach, man. Yeah. Get connected to your guy. He busy and his mind goes <laughs> everywhere. Man. Everywhere. everywhere. Call I still David. think to this yeah. day I can outrun Cover there and Fife. I can outrun yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Hey, did you, did you, you laced them up against them one time, didn't yeah. you? Hip pointer, hamstring, I, I pulled everything. I pulled every, every muscle I had. <laughs> uh, hey, you you proved your point though, coach. Coach, yeah. coach about that business. That's exactly. what you prove. You don't matter. He's fifty, but he gonna he, he's a he's a competitor. And he'll compete at any moment. I still remember the one on one games. They were so hilarious. <laughs> you used to just pick on a dude, man, and just. Just wear them, follow, wear them down, man. And I'm just sitting over there, like, why would y'all play Coach Davis? I notice I ain't better work out. It's yeah, a lose, lose. You're gonna lose, but I'm not gonna let you win. I'm gonna cheat the game, call it foul. You ain't gonna call one of me because you be like, oh, I don't call one of Coach, man. Ain't ain't right. Exactly. <laughs> man, I remember them days, and without it, man, it would have been as fun as it was. So I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, AJ.